The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Victory Monday for the first time in what seems to be a long time. And hope you're doing well on this Monday afternoon. My name is Jacob Goins with you here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I got you for the next two hours, and you've got me for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7 Monday, October 30th, 2023. Two more days in the month of October. Halloween is tomorrow, and then uh, November is on Wednesday, which it just blows my mind, the fact that we're two months away from a brand new year. But hope you're doing well. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Lots of things to go over today. We get to talk about Auburn winning a football game over the weekend, which it's been a while since we've got a chance to do that on a Monday and so we're going to break it all down on the show talk about Auburn defeating Mississippi State over the weekend 27 to 13 we'll break down the stats we'll break down the plays I'll give you my thoughts and takeaways and of course on a Monday afternoon I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say. What do you think about the game? What do you think about the results? And how do you feel moving forward for this Auburn football team and this Auburn football program that gets its first win in the SEC over the weekend? 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through to me. Phone lines are open. Uh, almost all show long until we talk with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network at 3.30. So give me a call. We're going to bring you in. Uh, I want to hear from you. Uh, Mondays are wide open for you, the listener, to give us, give us your thoughts here on the air. So 334-321-1390. We are inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They sponsor our studio each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. We do appreciate them doing that each and every day. Be sure you're going and checking them out on the weekends, and they have happy hour from 4 to 6, located at 800 Main Street in Midtown, off of Opelika Road. All those nice white buildings over there across from Niffers. Go check them out at the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. And so Auburn defeats Mississippi State 27-13 to on Saturday inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium offense looked a lot better probably the best power five game well not probably it was the best power five game that they have played so far this season we're going to break it all down we're going to talk about Peyton Thorne in the offense we'll talk about the defense special teams everything as Auburn defeats Mississippi State 27 to 13 as I said give us a call I want to hear from you 334-321-1390 and we start off the Monday edition of On the Line with Jones. You're on the line, man. What's up? Oh, how about that victory? We love it. Yes, we do. It's nice to to talk about a win on a Monday, isn't it? It is, but I want to address something. Okay. Uh, First of all, Robbie, last year you 
and Cadillac saved the day for us Auburn fans. Cadillac with his, you know, leadership and Robbie, you on the field with your go get them attitude. Mm-hmm. However, Saturday was a real disappointment watching you pout like a petulant child on the, on the sidelines. And I want to say some things about that because young people are, are different than the way we were. Somebody would have snatched me up off my bench in high school uh, for allowing myself to pout and brood like that. I want to say this, Robbie, if you go back and look at Jason Campbell, and Reggie Slack, Nick Marshall, Brandon Cox, uh, et cetera, they never pouted. They were not allowed to pout. They didn't get to start every game. In fact, some of them might have been yanked. Jason Campbell wasn't a star till his senior year. Yeah. Never pouted. Uh, Reggie Slack was behind Jeff Berger. I had to go in for a, 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 what's the word, just one play to let Jeff Berger come back from an incident. Never pouted. The bottom line is, Robbie, there's something called grit, which I know you've got. It's a combination of passion and perseverance. And greedy people see themselves as content by being discontent. In other words, you're always sharpening your saw and practicing your craft. You're better than what you showed Saturday. Yes, Auburn won, and yes, Thorne got in there because he runs the offense better, but he also could get injured in these next few games, and we need you. You can't be a leader on the field until you're a leader off the field and within your own between your own two years. So I'm going to say this to you, Robbie. Somebody's always watching, like I tell my kids. Somebody's always watching. And it's not when you get knocked down. It's how you get up and the attitude that you show. Okay, buddy? And I want to say, War Eagle, I love your show. I can't wait to hear other callers. And let's go get the next four. Love it. Appreciate the call, Jones. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. To, to kind of comment on that, there. look, the entire time that Robbie Ashford has been wearing the orange and blue, right? Been on the planes, wearing the AU on his helmet. The entire time he's been here, he has always had something like that that has held him back just a little bit, whether it be his emotions on the field, right? We saw that a lot last year, uh, getting flustered, getting frustrated uh, when things weren't going correctly, right? We could see that um, in his body language on the field. You could see it off the field as well on the sidelines, kind of like what Jones was just alluding to this past weekend against Mississippi State. And there have been some off-field things that have happened that I think have affected his play, his leadership, and I think a lot of his relationships as well. And I don't know all of those, and we don't know all of those, because there are things, obviously, that happen in the locker room, in the facility, outside, wherever, that stay within the team. But we know that it's always just been kind of a, uh, a an issue, if you will, in trying to get him to mature. That was a big word we used in the offseason was can Robbie Ashford grow and mature into the quarterback that we all think he can be, right, with potential and skill and athleticism. We were waiting for him to get in and get to that point where he very well could have taken over this offense for Auburn and very well could have been the guy. And to Jones' point about you know body language and and reacting poorly to not maybe getting the playing time that you wanted. 
yeah, you have to find a way to control that. And you have to find a way to stay ready, stay humble, right? And if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. Have you heard that before? It's extremely accurate, and I love saying that, and I love using that, because you can use that in any frame of life, any phase of life, any job that you work. And that's what this is. This is a job nowadays. I mean, it just is. Playing college football is a job. And I don't care if you're playing quarterback. I don't care if you're playing safety. I don't care if you're playing backup, triple team, long snapper. If you stay ready, you never have to get ready. And like Jones said, if Peyton Thorne, God forbid, if he goes down with an injury or has a bad game, we know Robbie Ashford has packages, right? And if Peyton Thorne can't play for whatever reason, as far as we know, this would be Robbie's offense. And you can say what you want about how he has acted up to this point and whatever, but here's what I'll say to have some some more support is Hugh Freeze mentioned today in his press conference, and he said a lot of things today, and we're going to get to that. But he said that Peyton Thorne this past week in practice just kind of took over, right? He just he finally took that step and took the reins and became the guy. And you saw that with the amount of reps on Saturday, right? You saw that in the confidence in this offense where Robbie Ashford did not attempt to pass in the game on Saturday. Peyton Thorne went 20 of 26, 230 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. You can't ask for anything better. That is a a borderline perfect performance. Six incompletions, 230 yards, three touchdowns and no turnovers. Sure, there were a couple throws that he could have had, a couple decisions that he should have made, right? And Hugh Freeze talked about that today in his weekly press conference. But 20 of 26 for 230 and three tuds. What else can you ask from your starter? But yeah, if you're Robbie Ashford, you've got to be ready because what has Hugh Freeze preached all offseason, all fall, and all season? Robbie has packages, and Robbie is going to play. But for the first time this season, and I know we're going to talk about this, and I know you have comments and thoughts about this, listeners out there, this was the first game all season long that Auburn did exactly what I've been begging them to do, and a lot of you have been the same way. Pick a guy and stick with him. And that's exactly what Auburn did. They picked Peyton Thorne. Sounds like he may have earned it a little bit in practice this past week. They picked Peyton Thorne. They stuck with him. And guess what? He performed the best that he has played all season long. The offense played their best game all season long in Power 5 football. And it's crazy how that works. Now, is Mississippi State the highest level of defenses that Auburn is going to play this season? No. But they do some really unique things and special things. And Mississippi State is a good defense. And Auburn came out and attacked on Saturday on offense. And it looked really, really good. Peyton Thorne looked comfortable in the pocket. He got rid of the football, throwing on time, on target. And how about those receivers? Huh? How about those receivers for Auburn? Maybe the first time all year you're going to hear me on this program and on this radio station talk about the receivers playing good football. 
guys like Javarius Johnson. How about Shane Hooks? How about Hollywood Hooks, who came out of nowhere and had a big reception? You had Fairweather, who had four receptions, right? Javarius Johnson and Shane Hooks had two of your touchdowns. Jeremiah Cobb had a touchdown as well. Caleb Burton really starting to emerge as the young transfer from Ohio State. You had guys all over the field who caught passes on Saturday for Auburn. Let's count them up. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Eleven different guys have receiving stats from Saturday. That's good. And Auburn threw for 230 yards. While it's not four or 500, Auburn did what they had to do. Auburn did exactly what they had to do through the air. And it helps that Jarquez Hunter is continuing to get better and is getting back to the Jarquez Hunter we know he can be. 17 carries for 144 yards. He averaged eight and a half yards on the ground per carry. Folks, that's insane. He's borderline picking up a first down every time he touched the football. And I know there's big plays and that messes with the averages. I get it. But 17 carries for 144 yards, that is what your starting running back is supposed to do. That is what Jarquez Hunter, who I believe is a top five back in the SEC, that is what he is supposed to do. And between that and the confidence in Peyton Thorne, the offensive line did their job. Again, did they play great? No, but they didn't have to. They did their job. They did just enough to give Peyton Thorne time, to give Peyton Thorne confidence, who again, he looked really, really good. And a lot of those early drives, didn't they just look effortless? They just looked effortless. And it just seemed like everybody was saying, man, where has this been? Right? Where has this been? all season long where I mean you go down and score immediately with an eight play 75 yard drive that saw runs that saw passes and there's where Hollywood Hooks came in and Peyton Thorne hit him on the money and then you give up the field goal and Auburn comes right back comes right back with a five play 75 yard drive that had all Peyton Thorne, it was all over it. Peyton Thorne, he had one run, had a completion to Camden Brown, a completion to Rivaldo Fairweather, a completion to Malcolm Johnson, and the touchdown pass to Javarius Johnson for 45 yards. And all of a sudden you look up, and Auburn's up 14-3. They come back later on and kick a field goal, you're up 17-3. Then you come back and you score another touchdown late at the half. Another eight-play 68-yard drive. Notice, eight plays, five plays, seven plays, going 70, 75 yards. Auburn offensively, they were putting drives together, folks. They haven't done that all year. They've been going three and out and punting. Or they've been going and getting a first down and then not being able to build any momentum. But that all changed in the first half on Saturday. And you're going into the locker room after Jeremiah Cobb catches a touchdown and Auburn's up 24-3 to at the half over an SEC West opponent. You're feeling great. You are feeling great. 
Then the second half came, and you give up a field goal out of the half. You get a field goal to match it. State scores a touchdown. And other than that, that was it. You got a bunch of punts. Auburn defensively got another interception this weekend. A turnover on downs. And that was it. That was the game. And Auburn wins 27-13. What do you think? How do you feel? What did you see from Auburn offensively? What was the biggest difference in your mind on why Auburn looked completely different on offense on Saturday? Was it the fact that they picked one quarterback and stuck with him? Was it the fact that you were playing Mississippi State? Or maybe, just maybe, Auburn has found something and has turned a corner and they finally get a win under their belt and maybe they've got a little confidence in an easier part of the back end of the schedule. Give me a call. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We're talking about it all show long. And when we come back, we'll have question of the day. Biggest results in college football this weekend. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Jacob. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. What's on your mind? Uh, let me go ahead and put this to rest now. No, Auburn's style of play couldn't have beat Texas A&M, Georgia, or LSU, but it could have beat no Miss. Okay. Okay. Why, do you, why that, do you say that? Because the quick passes, that you got, and if they go away from that, then you, that, that's, that's wrong. That's just wrong because it worked. Yep. And you, and they're not. They're, I disagree with you, but they haven't turned the corner, but they've gotten to it. They've gotten to it. They haven't. You're saying turn they the haven't corner, passed it. Turning the corner, turning the corner will beat Vanderbilt on the road. Something happened when a road game all year, have they? And they uh, look terrible. Well, they beat Cal. I mean, they beat, yeah, Cal, they beat Cal. Yeah. Cal, yeah. But um, no, I mean, I'm with you. Conference win. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And uh, I think you know, after one game, we can't be like, oh, Auburn's offense is fixed, right? Everything's fine. No, you can't be like that. But. You're right. The the quick passes, and I talked about this last week, right, Terry? I said quick passes, one read, either throw it or get out if you're Peyton Thorne. And it worked because that's all you have to do. And Hugh Freeze talked about that today with the receivers in his weekly press conference. He said, look, we played open, we played free, and we made it extremely simple. And that's not anything against those receivers. That's just saying instead of trying to complicate this thing, let's just make it a little bit easier. And it looked pretty good for about three quarters. Yeah, Jacob, you and I both said this, and I know people are tired of hearing it, but I'm going to say one more time. Peyton Thorne said it himself. His biggest quality was his accuracy and his decision-making. Well, that allows him to do that. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Him to do that. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, um, it, it, because the offensive line, while they're playing good, they're not playing great, they're not giving him the time to make three or four reads. And the receivers still aren't where they need to be for him to have three or four reads. And so he needs one read, a check down, and if that's not there, take off or throw it away. Yeah, if anybody says that's Mississippi State, that's right, that's true. But that was you ain't no good on defense either. And every team they play is running down the field on them. I think there's plenty of proof of that. Yeah, no, exactly. And I don't so think that the quality of opponent argument – for Mississippi State, I don't, I don't think that's a legitimate argument in this game. I think Auburn just played well offensively. They didn't. They, they, they like I said, I don't think they've turned the corner. I think they've gotten to it. Now they got to turn it on the road. Yep, you're, act- you're they, absolutely right. They look terrible when they're all year long. Yeah, and they've got two games in a row to try to figure it out. 
right? And I do believe that, that a, a coach or an influential person got to you freeze and said, hey, you don't have the, the players to make this happen the way you want to. you got to do something different. Sorry, that's the way it works. You get the recruits here, you're working on that, that's obvious. Yeah. But right now, you don't have them. Which is fair. And you're going to so yeah, that's what I think. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate the call, Terry. Great to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I believe we have James, who's been holding on. James, you're on the line, man. What's up? All right, uh, very good. Just got a couple of comments, and I'll get off. Uh, Taylor two halves, though. I mean, Auburn was out scored second half, and uh, looked good. Everything worked according to plan, according to Hoyle mm-hmm. on the first half. Uh, second half. I'm concerned about our coach's uh, relationship with the former coach. Looks a lot like Gus sitting on a lead, and that concerns me greatly. So with that, I'm going to get off. Okay. Well, appreciate the call. Well, while you bring that up, I'm glad you do. We've got a few minutes because I asked Hugh Freeze about just that today. I asked him about the difference between the first half and the second half got about a two and a half minute clip from his press conference today this is what Hugh Freeze had to say about that it seemed to be in the second half on Saturday maybe some hiccups in the offense you scored 24 total points in the first half Mm -hmm. and just a three in the second half what do you what do you you know what do you put that on and kind of what was the difference in the first half and the second half when it came to offensive success I take I take great um I think y'all would all say man I have been very transparent with you guys since I've been here maybe to a fault and uh, but I think genuine relationships kind of are like that. And so, it, uh, can can you per, can can will you permit me to be transparent with this? And 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 we can have an honest dialogue about it. Okay. I saw. I think it's pretty. You know, you guys can say whatever you want, and whether it's opinion, whether it's facts. And I saw many of you. That was your your take on it. Do do you realize we had one possession in the third quarter? All right. What did we do on that? Got points. Pretty good drive. Do you realize in the fourth quarter that we had the football on the minus three, the minus five, and the minus 14, one possession on the 30 that I punted on fourth and one? But we were up two scores. That's the only possessions we had. We were up three scores on one of them, two scores on the other, and they're bringing gut cross and super field missile every play as we're backed up trying to get into the game. So I would love for, and I was aggressive. I actually threw it for a first down, and we got called for a penalty and back. I threw it three times, which is pretty crazy probably. But I would love after this for you to go show me what aggressive looks like on the board, blocking super field missile and gut cross. I, I want to know. So absolutely, you guys that uh, and ladies that, that, I mean, you just say things and you don't, I mean, that's the facts. So I don't know how to be really more aggressive. That's the possessions we had. That was it. So I would have loved to have had some possessions like we did in the first quarter where we started at the 25 or the 30. But I promise you I was not going to be aggressive up two scores on the five-yard line or three-yard line and let something crazy happen and a tip ball and they return it for a touchdown and all of a sudden momentum flips and – that would not be based in good wisdom. So that's what Hugh Free said about the difference offensively in the first half and second half. Because I'm glad you bring that up, James, because I had the same thought. And I wasn't the only one. Everybody was talking about it. And 
I asked him about it, and you could tell he was fired up. He was very, very open, as he has been in every press conference with every question that the media has asked him since Hugh Freeze got here. And you could hear it in his voice. And this was not anything that he he was not directing this at me personally. He was not attacking me. But I did not take it that way. Him and I talked afterwards. Coach Freeze and I are fine. But you could tell that he could hear the noise. And he could hear the thoughts and reactions from media and fans about the offensive difference in the first half and second half. And I think his answer was pretty good. It was passionate, but I think it was pretty good. We'll talk some more about it coming up after the break. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Let's hear your reactions on a victory Monday here on ESPN 106.7. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika sports leader, ESPN 106.7. We continue with the phone calls here on uh, Reaction Monday, overreaction, underreaction, victory Monday, however you want to call it. We're getting back to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Spectre, you're on the line, man. What's up? Uh, well, we were expected to win, and, and we did that. Um, we have the caliber of uh, competition. We're, at, we're playing the uh, bottom of we're, – we're playing the basement dwellers is what we're doing, and we're one of those basement dwellers. So we're going we're gonna to be champions of the basement. Ain't no doubt about that. Um, you know, I said Friday that the difference in this game would be leaving a quarterback in the entire game and, and the game is going to be won on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And, and that basically happened. Uh, our offense played a great game, not an outstanding game, but they gave, uh, they gave the quarterback time to throw. They gave running backs holes to run through and, and gave receivers time to, Run their routes. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, defense played excellent, held them to 13 points, but again, the competition level is there. Uh, Do I feel a butt yeah. coming here, Spectre? <laughs> yes. Uh, we're <laughs> we're, we're going we're gonna to be pretty, pretty successful in the next couple of games. Should be, anyway. Uh, yeah, and until, until the Iron Bowl. I mean, you know, I'm an Auburn fan, and, and I hate to say it, but we're gonna we're gonna end up getting our butts whipped, even though we're playing at home. You think so? Uh, I do, I do. Uh, uh, you know, things have happened. There's been miracles happened before. Yeah. At Jordan, at Jordan Hare, so it's still possible. But uh, yeah, no. And here's the thing with the Iron Bowl is. Before the Mississippi State game on Saturday, 
I would tend to have agreed with you. If Auburn can build off of this, right, and if they can build on an easier schedule and maybe have an offensive flow and all of that, and if Alabama drops one, I mean, they've got LSU this weekend, and if they don't really have a whole lot to play for, then you really never know. And maybe Auburn has a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum going into that game, and it is at home in Jordan-Hare Stadium. But for me personally, Spectre, I'm not going to worry about that because Auburn's got to get there first. And if they don't focus up for Vanderbilt and Arkansas, I hate to say it, but those are losable games on the road, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, our first three games were basically exhibition games, and we we had to build on that, but we, we didn't build on it. We, right. We couldn't find we couldn't find a quarterback. We, offensive line couldn't find themselves, and I don't know what's happening to our right tackle. I, he's basically losing concentration. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's been an up and down battle there on that right side for sure. Well, not I'm sorry, not the right side, left side, Wade. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about Tutal Miller with the injury issues. No, no, I'm talking about Wade. Okay, okay. With his illegal procedures Mm -hmm. and false starts. But anyway, um, we'll talk some more about it later. Of course, of course. Appreciate the call, Spectre. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. And Dave, you're on the line. Welcome in. Thank you very much. How are you today? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Great to hear from you. What's on your mind? Well, I was just thinking that, uh, you know, the play that we saw Saturday, especially in the first half on the offense, was, was pretty a pretty significant change. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if it didn't really actually start happening in the fourth quarter against the Ole Miss game. I think that's a, I think that's a good observation. And I think even, you know, Ole Miss was up double, you know, double scores. And there was a lot of talk after that game and, and, you know, on Monday and Tuesday after the Ole Miss game where, you know, Ole Miss was playing in protection defense and dropping back and letting Auburn kind of do that a little bit to them since they were up by two scores. But maybe even if they were, and I think they were to an extent, but Auburn did move the ball, right? They were moving the ball on that drive, and they went down and scored on that drive. And maybe they were like, maybe that was the moment where they said, you know what, maybe this is what we need to do, right? Quick passes, move down the field, one and done on a read for Peyton Thorne, and it seemed to be effective. So, yeah, Dave, you may be right. Maybe that's where Auburn and Hugh Freeze and Phillip Montgomery said, you know what, it worked, let's run with it, and that's what they did against Mississippi State. You know, it could be another thing that the game just finally slowed down enough for Peyton Thorne to, you know, feel more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, simplify things, and you know, it, it could be the turning point for the season. It very just well like could be. Just like that uh, that second in uh, way before that, way back in thirteen, whenever we were at LSU, and yeah. the second half of that LSU game. Yeah, that's a great you know, point. Same type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. Anyway, that's all I had to say, and good luck this weekend for everybody. Yeah, appreciate the call, Dave. Great to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. We're taking calls all show long. Want to get your thoughts on a Monday afternoon. Auburn taking down Mississippi State 27-13. to Maybe it did click for Peyton Thorne, right? Maybe it did slow down a little bit for Peyton Thorne. And again, yes, it was Mississippi State. They're a 500 team overall. They have one conference win, but so is Auburn. Auburn's the same way. They're four and four, one and four in the SEC. But Mississippi State plays good defense. And the Bulldogs have some dudes up front that can get pressure on the quarterback. But you know what helps out 
a, a starting quarterback like Peyton Thorne is when he is sacked zero times on the day. Didn't get sacked at all. Got pressured, sure. But he didn't get sacked. There's been games this year where he's been five, six, seven times. And when that's happening, you're constantly looking over your shoulder and waiting for the defender to hit your blind side. Or as soon as you get the football, it's all it's Bo Nix all over again where you're immediately running for your life so you don't get hit and just try to make something out of nothing. But Mississippi State didn't get to Peyton Thorne on Saturday. And what also helps is Jarquez Hunter, your starting running back, finally getting into Jarquez Hunter mode and carrying the ball 17 times for 144 yards. That'll help you too. Now, did any other running backs do a whole lot? No. Didn't have to. Jarquez Hunter did his job. And if he's got that momentum and he is on a roll, I don't want it to go anywhere else except Jarquez Hunter. I've talked about Demari Alston and how much I love him, but coming off of injury, you don't want to overwork him. And Jarquez Hunter in back-to-back games has had his two best games of the season against Ole Miss and now against Mississippi State. So when you have a running back that's doing that and you have your offensive line who are doing their job and doing it pretty well, believe it or not, whether you think so or not, they are. They're doing their job as good as they can, I think, with the injury problems that they've had and, and all of that. Here's how good they are doing. Gunnar Britton and Connor Liu were both named SEC offensive linemen for Gunnar Britton and freshman of the week for Connor Liu in the SEC. Let me say that again. Gunnar Britton was named offensive lineman of the week in the SEC. And Connor Liu was named freshman of the week in the SEC. Two of your guys on the offensive line played the best at their position this past week in the SEC. That says a lot. That says a lot. Especially from a guy like Connor Liu, who we have raved about on this show, who is going to be a superstar. And Hugh Freeze talked about him today and how he came in in his first start in the SEC and played extremely well. Had one bad snap late in the game. But other than that, he has played it really, really well, and he's going to be a superstar. But when you've got SEC players of the week on your offensive line and they don't give up a sack, and you get there and they allow their starting running back to run for 144 yards, averaging over eight yards a carry, what else do you want them to do? I don't think you can ask a whole lot more from them. And again, I don't think I've heard a whole lot of complaints. But where I'm going with that is from what Dave was talking about, where and a lot of you have already talked about, Peyton Thorne just looked comfortable on Saturday. It just seemed to be working for him and be working for this offense. And the receivers, Hugh Freeze said today, they're having fun. It looked like the team was having fun on Saturday. Because it's really hard to get up for a game like Auburn did on Saturday against Mississippi State. I know you were at home, but think about what had played into all of that. Four-game losing streak, close game after close game, except the LSU game, right? You had a team in Mississippi State that hasn't proven a whole lot. You were favored by almost a touchdown. How about Auburn covering that, by the way? I don't know if they could. They covered a a six-and-a-half-point spread. That's impressive. But it's tough to get up for a game like this where you've been beaten up week after week after week, 
and now you're playing a game against a team that everybody all week has said you're supposed to beat. It's really easy to just walk into a game like this unprepared, not caring, nonchalant. And if Auburn had done that on Saturday, Mississippi State could have and probably would have beaten them. But give credit to the coaching staff and give credit to the players on this team who have been dragged through the mud and their names have been dragged for a long time this season because we know there is a talent gap. We understand that. And guess what? They hear that. And I'm guilty. I've said it a lot. But give them credit for getting up and being prepared and having a game plan and executing a game plan for maybe the first time this season in Power 5 football. That speaks volumes to where this program could go. And I think that speaks volumes to head coach Hugh Freeze, to the coordinators, Ron Roberts, Phil Montgomery. It speaks volumes to every coach on this staff to continue to be bought in, to continue to fight for their guys, and then vice versa, the players being bought in and fighting for their coaches and fighting for this program and fighting for Auburn University. I think it says a lot. Because if Auburn had lost this game on Saturday, and it was never really in doubt, they jumped on them earlier up 24-3 at the half, I'm not saying that Mississippi State was going to come back. But let's say Auburn had looked the exact same as they have in the previous seven games. A lot of you, the fans, would have been livid. Would have been massively upset. And you should have been. You would have had every right to be upset. And I think this team knew that. They knew this was a game they had to have. And guess what? You've got another one coming up this Saturday against Vanderbilt. And I think you have another one next Saturday on the road at Arkansas. And of course, New Mexico State, but we're not going to worry about that. I think this three games, the one you just won against Mississippi State, the one this weekend against Vanderbilt, and the one next weekend on the road at Arkansas. Those are games you have to have. If you want Auburn to get back to being Auburn, you're better than those programs. You always have been. And you always should be. And you always will be. But you've got to win games like this. Even when you're down, you still have to beat those types of teams and programs. And that's no disrespect to those teams and programs. But anybody can tell you that Auburn's better than them. And so give this team a heck of a lot of credit for continuing to fight, continuing to battle. And for maybe the first time this season, they're actually enjoying playing the game of football from what we can see. And that goes to the quarterback, Peyton Thorne, the receivers, the defense, which we've hardly talked about today that we will because they deserve all the credit in the world. They did their job again. I think we're really taking taking that defense for granted. We really are. Because guys like Eugene Asante, who I talk to every week, Keontae Scott, who is playing out of his mind right now in the back end, Jalen Simpson, all these guys, they're playing extremely well good football for Auburn. And I hope that Auburn fans here on this Victory Monday are proud of what they saw, excited for the rest of the season, and excited for where this thing could be going. Because I hope this continues to happen and continues to build, and you continue to see growth from this team 
which means some of the things that Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff are implementing and some of the traits they want to see in their guys, like earning their spot, maybe some of these things are finally starting to kick in a little bit. And maybe all it took was a win to do that. It's crazy what a win will do in sports. It's crazy what a win will do. It'll change everything. Wins cure all. I say it all the time. Wins cure all. 334-321-1390. Give me a call. Be a part of the show. I want to hear your thoughts and reactions from Auburn defeating Mississippi State 27-13. to We'll wrap up hour number one of the Monday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Got a few more minutes before we get out of here in hour number one. Phone lines are still open. Give me a call on this victory Monday as Auburn takes down Mississippi State, getting their first conference win of 2023, 27-13. Uh, got a couple of things to get through here. I uh, want to uh, shout out the uh, this week's Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week, and it is Lee Scott Academy's Tyler Kennedy, the junior running back, had two rushing touchdowns uh, on Friday night in the regular season finale against Edgewood and a 35-6 win for the Lee Scott Warriors. Tyler Kennedy is your Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week. The Orthopedic Clinic is East Alabama's go-to center for Orthopedic Orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you online at theorthoclinic.com. So congratulations to Tyler Kennedy. Uh, Lee Scott will be off this week. They have a first round bye in the playoffs and then they will host the semifinals and then Auburn High is on the road uh, for their final regular season game. They definitely handle business on Friday against Prattville, a game they had to have and they went in and just dominated for four quarters. So uh, congratulations to uh, Tyler Kennedy from Lee Scott Academy. He is this week's Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week. Does anybody know what today is? Does anybody know? Not the date. I know it's October 30th, and I know it's Monday. But do you know what today is? It only happens every now and then. And if I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure it may be the only one we have this year. I'm actually pretty confident in that. Today is a sports equinox. And what that means, all four major sports in the United States, baseball, hockey, basketball, and football, All four of the major leagues have a game tonight, and it's considered the sports equinox. I love when this happens. It is super, super cool. You've got the World Series tonight in baseball, which you can catch right here on ESPN 106.7. You have the NBA tonight, tons of games there, as they are three or four games into their season, so just getting underway. A few hockey games tonight in the NHL, and then you have Monday Night Football in the NFL, which that'll actually be a halfway decent game. Sunday night football last night was pretty terrible. Um, but Monday night football tonight will be really good between Las Vegas and Detroit. But yeah, sports equinox today. I love it. I absolutely love it. World Series tied. Uh, you got game three tonight uh, between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. So that's exciting. Uh, you Again, hockey tonight, NBA tonight. It is a sports equinox. So 
I always think is really, really cool. It doesn't happen very often, uh, and I think this will be the only time it happens this year. So take it in. Have about five screens up tonight, if you will. In college basketball, right around the corner, we got exhibition games going on right now. Uh, Talked to uh, media, had a chance to meet with Bruce Pearl earlier today after Hugh Freeze. Uh, He had some good things to say. They had a secret not so secret scrimmage over the weekend uh they have their first exhibition coming up on wednesday so lots of great things happening in the world of sports and to look at some of the games that happened in college football this weekend while we have a couple of minutes just some of the uh, biggest results in college football there weren't a ton of massive games but there were some teams that had to sweat it out a little bit over the weekend um, Georgia took care of Florida uh, better than I thought they would. And so credit to Georgia for doing that, putting 43 on the Gators, 43 to 20. Ohio State had to sweat it out against Wisconsin. Um, they, they won that 24 to 10, but that game was a lot closer than 14 points. I mean, that was a game Ohio State and Kyle McCord had to battle through. He went for 226, two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. And Look, Ohio State keeps winning these types of games, but I don't know. I just don't have the confidence in the Buckeyes. I really don't. And look, people know I don't like Ohio State, but just from a realistic standpoint, at some point they're going to get tripped up because they keep playing all these close games. Washington had to escape with a win over Stanford. I don't know what happened there. How about the Jayhawks? How about the Jayhawks taking down Oklahoma? Number six team in the country. One more undefeated team off the books. Oregon looked like a top four team this weekend against Utah, 35-6. to Penn State had to sweat against Indiana. It was a weird weekend in college football. The Beavers of Oregon State got beat by Arizona. What in the world is happening in college football? It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Louisville taking down Duke in a shutout. Wild weekend. This weekend, going to be even crazier in college football. We'll talk about that later on in the week. Coming up in hour two, we'll talk more Auburn and Mississippi State. Give us a call. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Hour number two coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 1067. If you missed any of hour number one, lots of great phone calls in that hour. Uh, lots of reactions from you, the listeners, and the fans. Uh, and I love that. That's how Mondays typically go around here after Auburn football. And I would love for you to be a part of it here in this hour as well. But if you 
you missed any of our number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. That's our station website. Or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. As I mentioned, lots of great phone calls in that first hour. Um, had some audio from Hugh Freeze. Not the whole thing, but a really interesting clip uh, about a certain topic that a listener brought up that I figured we would have got brought up on the show and so I had a clip ready to go and so we had that for you may play it here in hour number two if it gets brought up again it's only like two and a half minutes but a really passionate response from Hugh Freeze today uh, when asked about a question so that was all back in hour number one coming up here in hour number two we'll continue to break down Auburn and Mississippi State Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us coming up at 3.30 uh, to talk about Auburn, Mississippi State and get us caught up on everything happening in Auburn Athletics. So he will join us at 3.30. Until then, phone lines are still open for you. Give me a call. What's on your mind? How are you feeling on a Monday where for the first time in a long time, we're talking about an Auburn football win. I know, crazy, but we're talking about it and would love to get your thoughts and reactions to Auburn and Mississippi State. 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through to me. We'll get you on the air and you can say anything that's on your mind as long as it's clean, of course, about Auburn and Mississippi State. Well, Auburn does take down the Bulldogs uh, for their first SEC win of the season, 27-13, to a win that Auburn desperately, desperately, desperately needed. And you get your first conference win on the season. You're back at 500-4-4. And the biggest takeaways were, of course, Auburn's offensive gameplay and just how much better it looked than it has really all season long. I mean, this was the best offensive performance that Auburn has had in a Power 5 game this season. And not just because of the score, where you scored six more points than you have all Power 5 long this season, but it just looked so effortless in that first half, right? It looked so effortless. It looked so easy. It looked comfortable. Peyton Thorne, 20 of 26 for 230 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, right? Jarquez Hunter, uh, your star running back, looking like your star running back with 17 carries, 144 yards. And the receivers did their thing on Saturday. And while no one particular receiver just had a monster, monster day, there were a lot of them that just got in the action and played a little free, played a little open, and maybe played with a little less stress is what it seemed like Hugh Freeze and this offensive staff preached to the receivers this last week going into the game. And you had 11 different people catch passes on Saturday. And I think that's a really, really good sign for Auburn. That's a really good sign offensively because Auburn, I don't know if they were listening to me. I don't know if they were listening to a lot of you or as somebody brought up in the first hour, maybe they just realized this after the Ole Miss game. Short, quick, easy passes are the way to go with this Auburn offense. It's just the way to go. I think Peyton Thorne, earned the starting spot on Saturday I think he earned it last week during practice and when Hugh Freeze said look we got to put up or shut up somebody's got to take over this thing it seemed like Peyton Thorne had done that in practice and I think he did that on Saturday against Mississippi State and 
it seemed like Auburn, their offensive game plan, because they did it from the jump, from the start, they said, we're going to run quick slants, quick routes, one read for Peyton Thorne. If it's there, throw it. If it's not, dump it off or take off or throw it away. And that's exactly what Auburn did. And in the RPO, if you read the defense, give it to Jarquez Hunter, who had his best game of the season on Saturday. Between that and Ole Miss, I think you compare the two, but Jarquez Hunter was playing Jarquez Hunter football. When you simplify the game, you can do some good things. And it just seemed like before the Mississippi State game, in that four-game stretch, and even against Cal way back in the second game of the year, it just seemed like Auburn was trying to do a little too much offensively, did it not? It just seemed like they were trying to do a little too much and and almost outsmarting themselves and outthinking themselves and making it more difficult than it needed to be, especially with all the new faces at quarterback, at receiver, the rotation in the offensive line and the injuries that you've dealt with and in the running back room as well. It just seemed like they were trying to do a little too much given the resources that they had. And when you simplify it on offense, I'm not, I'm not saying to, to dumb it down. I'm not saying that at all. I've seen people say that, and then I don't think that's what they did. But at times, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? We've got it expanded out this big. And as I have my hands stretched out here in the studio, you just kind of squeeze it down and you narrow it down a little bit and say, look, instead of trying to do all of these different things, let's cut that into a third. And let's get really, really good at this third and go from there. It's easier with a team like this where there is a a talent gap at times and there is an experience and you still are lacking chemistry and success on offense. It's easier to start small and build off of that rather than here is this massive wide open playbook and let's try to master it all at the same time. And Auburn just wasn't able to do that. This team just wasn't able to do that. I don't think the talent is there to do that. And that's okay. And whether you want to put that on Hugh Freeze or the coordinators or whoever on possibly misjudging that, okay, oh well. It is what it is. But at least for a game against Mississippi State, they fixed that. They fixed it. They said, we're going to cut down on this thing. We're going to focus on this one-third, and we're going to do this really, really well. And guess what? Auburn did. Auburn did. They didn't do a whole lot, and I don't say that in a bad way, but what they did, it worked. Quick passes, receivers got open, on time. Peyton Thorne put the ball on them, on time, on target, and Auburn moved the football. Auburn had big plays. Auburn got first downs. Auburn put drives together. And at the end of the day, the most important thing for an offense, Auburn put points on the board. And you ran away with it. You ran away with this game. And I don't think it was over at halftime because we've seen crazy things happen when Auburn has big leads, especially against Mississippi State. But you dominated those first two quarters. And you were up 24-3. to 
And yes, it slowed down in the second half. And Hugh Freeze had some, some reasons why. And I think he was absolutely correct. But overall, Auburn did what the things they tried to do, they did them and they did them well. And you can't ask for anything more right now. Do I wish this would have happened sooner? Yeah, absolutely. We all wish this would have happened sooner. But the fact that it has happened is a really, really good sign. It's a great sign. Because if you can continue to do this moving forward against Vanderbilt, against Arkansas, of course against New Mexico State, and hopefully against Alabama in the Iron Bowl, then you're talking about a successful season in year one. Then you're talking about some momentum and positivity and confidence going into the offseason and try to really jack up the recruiting classes that you've already made look pretty, pretty good. Auburn defeats Mississippi State 27-13. to We've talked a lot about the offense, but man, the defense, the defense has done their job again. You held Mississippi State to three points in the first half and 10 points in the second half. And no, Mississippi State is not a juggernaut offense. I mean, they had seven total points against Arkansas the week before. But backup quarterback Mike Wright, 16 of 32, he's 50% passing, 161 yards, did have a touchdown, also had an interception. So Auburn, again, gets an interception on defense. They're one of the best teams in the country at forcing turnovers and getting interceptions. So they did that again. And guys like Eugene Asante and Keontae Scott and Jayla McLeod, Nehemiah Pritchett had a good game. Austin Keyes had a good game. These guys are playing really well. They are. They're playing really, really well. And somebody like Keontae Scott, who it really does blow my mind that he is playing at this high level right now coming off the injury that he had, it, it, it is shocking me. But he's a great guy. He's a great player. And you can tell when Keontae Scott is on the field for this Auburn defense. It makes that much of a difference. It really, really does. It's that much of a difference. With him in the back end, Eugene Asante there at the linebacker spot, Jalen McLeod there, Cam Riley, even Larry Nixon I think had a good game as well. Nehemiah Pritchett was in on plays. Just guys everywhere. And once again... This Auburn defense did what they had to do. They stopped the pass. Mississippi State threw for 161 total yards. They ran for 184. But, okay, they didn't score. They picked up some yards. They did have a couple big plays. And Hugh Freeze talked about that today. He said there were a couple, you know, big chunk plays that that we've got to get cleaned up. But in a conference game, giving up 13 total points, holding a team to three points in the first half. What more could you ask for? They're doing their job, man. They're doing their job. And again, outside of the LSU game where, yeah, you gave up 48 points, once again, the defense has done everything you've asked them to do, and they've given Auburn chances to win in every game. And I think they will continue to do that all the way through the Iron Bowl. Yes, I said through the Iron Bowl. Because if this defense continues stay healthy, knock on wood, continues to stay healthy, 
and continues to play at this high level, what offense remaining on their schedule has proved that they can light this team up? It's not Vanderbilt. It's not Arkansas. It's New Mexico State actually has a decent offense, believe it or not. Go look at their stats. Their offense isn't bad. And I don't think it's Alabama. What has Alabama done offensively where we've just been shocked and scared and worried about Alabama offensively coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium? I haven't seen anything. So shout out to the defense once again because they don't get the love they deserve on this team. I've tried to do my best in showing love because they just they are playing such good football. And when you pair that with guess what? Guess what they got on Saturday? We've been begging for it. They got offensive support. They got points on the board and had something other than a zero to defend. That says a lot. That means a lot. Do you know how the the confidence a defense has when they come out of the locker room in the second half and they look up and and their team is winning 24-3? to That's huge. That's massive. And you play that much harder when you see those type of things. Shout out to the Auburn defense for once again doing their job and giving Auburn chances to win football games. But again, the biggest story is the Auburn offense. It's the comfortability of Peyton Thorne. It's the running game of Jarquez Hunter. The offensive line played well. Connor Liu played extremely well. I talked about this earlier. Gunnar Britton got offensive lineman of the week in the SEC, and Connor Liu got freshman of the week in the SEC. When's the last time that two Auburn offensive linemen got all SEC honors during a week? It's been a long time. It's been a while. They are doing their job. And I think that, I feel like I'm saying that quite a bit with certain positions. But with the defense and with the offensive line and with the running backs and and even on Saturday now with the receivers and now with the quarterback as well, everybody's just doing their job and doing enough to win. And guess what? With this roster and this team and the schedule that they've had up to this point in year one, under Hugh Freeze. That's all you can ask them to do. Do your job, execute the game plan, and let's give ourselves chances to win. And Auburn has done that. They just haven't been able to get the wins. Well, you get one on Saturday. And I know you were favored and you were supposed to, but didn't it feel good for Auburn to go into a game that they were supposed to win, you were favored by almost a touchdown, and you win, and you beat them, and you cover, and you really didn't have to stress a whole lot about it. I mean, didn't that feel good to you as an Auburn fan? I ask you uh, again, when's the last time that happened? When's the last time Auburn went into a game that they were just supposed to win? And you went in and did it. And I know we've had some up and down years with Miles on and now with Harson and or then with Harson and now here with Hugh Freeze, but there's something to be said about a team on a four game losing streak playing a backup quarterback that can run and throw with an offense on your own team that has yet to perform up to standards. There's something to be said about getting up dominating, covering, winning, and beating a team that you're just supposed to beat. You're supposed to beat. 
I just think there's something to be said there. I really, really do. And I hope that you are excited about Auburn winning this game. And I hope that you're feeling good on a Monday. And I want to hear from you. How are you feeling? What are your thoughts on Auburn taking down Mississippi State 27 to 13, picking up their first conference win and now four and four overall in 2023? Give me a call 334 321 1390. That number again 334 321 1390. We'll talk more about this. We'll talk some more college football. And then coming up at 3 30, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. That's all coming up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. The arguments we have during during commercial breaks is insane. We've Where do you stand on Christmas decorations before thanksgiving because i'm starting to see christmas decorations in october and i hate it but our show producer michaela is is all about christmas decorations in october so i don't know i hate it i my thing is christmas decorations should not be up until the day after thanksgiving that's where i stand on that because thanksgiving is my favorite holiday thanksgiving deserves fall decorations then you have thanksgiving and then you put up christmas decorations for the whole month of december you can even leave them up until new year's day then you gotta take them down that's where i stand that's what we did growing up now my mom my mom was day after thanksgiving put everything up christmas decorations day after christmas they were down she would december 26 came around and christmas decorations were gone and that was it that's how that went down i'm cool if you want to leave them up till new year's day but i don't know we had that argument in the break and so i had to i had to release my my anger on that because i disagreed but michaela did ask me a good question in the break that is sports related and i, I think it's a good idea and i think we're going to talk about it sec team of the week she asked me about who i would pick to be the sec team of the week and it's an interesting week because you had some big teams that were in the bye week. Alabama, LSU, Missouri, um, those teams were on a bye. But you also had some teams this week that played some good football and got some good wins. I mean, Texas A&M handling South Carolina, I think that's a overrated or underrated win because South Carolina, if you didn't watch that game, that was the 11 a.m. game on Saturday South Carolina was up 7-0 after the first quarter. And I was like, oh no, here we go, right? Here it comes. Here is the ultimate Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M fall apart game against a team that they're supposed to beat. And then they put up 21 points in the second quarter. And that was pretty much all she wrote there. So that's a big win for Texas A&M. How about Tennessee on the road at Kentucky? Big, big win. This was a coin flip for me. I picked Tennessee on Friday on the show for absolutely no reason and it turned out to be correct so uh, Tennessee's a big win Uh, they're not really in the SEC East race but they kind of kept some some good bowl game hopes alive I guess Ole Miss took care of Vanderbilt okay I'm not too worried about that Georgia handling Florida the way that they did when a lot of people had Florida hanging around in that game remember Georgia was favored by I believe 14 points. That kind of moved, that line was moving around a little bit. But there was a lot of people saying that Florida was going to hang around. And I thought they were going to. I really did. I thought Florida could hang within that two touchdown span. And Georgia 
kind of reminded everybody who they were. And uh, they were up 26-7 to at the half and never really turned around after that and never looked back and took care of Florida there at neutral site. And then you had Auburn, who beat Mississippi State for their first SEC win, dominated Mississippi State. And after going up 24-3, Auburn never really looked back. So who would be your SEC team of the week? Um, I'm going to go with Georgia. I am. I'm going to go with Georgia because of all the factors that I just said. The fact that this very well could have been a a quote trap game, I guess, for Georgia. Not that Florida's ever a trap game, but Florida was playing well. I mean, they were five and two going into the game. And without Brock Bowers for the dogs, people were wondering who who they were going to go to. And I think people forgot about Lad McConkey. I think they forgot that guy existed. Six catches, 135 yards and a touchdown. Seems like that's the go to guy for now until Brock Bowers comes back. So I'll take Georgia as my SEC team of the week. Um, my college foot, my college football team of the week outside of the SEC. It's got to be Kansas, right? Got to be Kansas. I think taking down Oklahoma in a game that got delayed because of weather, and they took a trip with the goalpost and threw it in the nastiest looking pond I've ever seen in my life. And there were guys diving in this pond left and right it was so disgusting uh but huge win for the Jayhawks again who have been hanging around the last couple of years you could pick Kansas you could pick Louisville who beat Duke in a top 20 matchup 23 to nothing Louisville still alive in the ACC seven and one four and one in the ACC how about the Oregon Ducks how about the Ducks quieting everybody shutting up the noise number eight Oregon takes down number 13 Utah 35 to 6 in dominant fashion 21 to 6 at the half 14 points out of the half for the Ducks and they shut down Utah and that's not the best Utah team because of Cam Rising not playing but it very well could have been I mean this was a huge game for Utah at home with Oregon coming in and we talked about this on Friday the winner stays alive and the loser's out Utah's done they're 6-2, and 3-2 and two in Pac-12 play. They're done. They're out. Oregon stays alive, not only in the Pac-12, but also in the college football playoff runs. Texas took care of BYU. Another chance for a trap game. They were at home in Austin, but Texas wins 35-6. to Washington had to escape against Stanford, so I wouldn't pick them. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of good teams you could pick. I'll pick Oregon. No, I'll pick Kansas. I'll pick Kansas. I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to jump back and forth. I'm going to take Kansas. Not that they can do anything in the Big Twelve. They're six and two and three and two overall. But they just made that Big Twelve race a lot more interesting. Because if Oklahoma wins out, they'll still play Texas. But at that point, whoever wins the Big Twelve championship game, there's a good chance that they're in the college football playoff, and the loser is out. That result pretty much canceled out any chance that the Big 12 gets two teams in, which was going to be tough, but this pretty much signs, seals, and delivers that, that the Big 12 will not get two teams in. Coming up, we're going to talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, talk about Auburn and Mississippi State, get some updates from around Auburn athletics, volleyball another big weekend, soccer a big weekend as well. That's all coming up here on the Monday edition of On the Line.
on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And another Jacob that joins us every Monday on the show, it's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who is on the phone lines. Hillman, great to hear from you, man. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's been a great weekend, especially in the world of Auburn athletics. So I'm just excited to get to talk to uh, talk about it with you, Jacob. Well, man, aren't you excited to to talk about an Auburn football win for a change on my show? It's nice to a- get to ask you some questions about a win. Well, you, you really can't beat it. it. It really is exciting. And when you add on top of it, the rest of the Auburn athletic season, mm-hmm. it really is a special time. Well, we will get to all those other sports in Auburn Athletics because I know there's a lot of big news going on right now in the fall sports and even previewing some of the winter sports that start literally tonight with Auburn women's basketball in their first exhibition. But Auburn football defeats Mississippi State 27-13. to uh, Hillman, before we get into specifics and everything, the floor is yours, my friend, your takeaways uh, and what you saw from the Tigers at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, just really uh, an incredible start to that game. And and I thought really a a statement uh, by the Auburn offense to come out and score the way it did in that first and second quarter. So the first half was just, I mean, I really, really thought that that's exactly what we expected to see from this offense uh, going into the season. And, you know, it's taking some time. And and, and obviously Mississippi State might not be uh, the best team in the SEC or, or anything like that, but the Bulldogs still have a strong defense, and we saw that in the second half uh, when Auburn struggled to run the ball a little bit, and and we, we heard Coach Freeze talk about that a little bit in his press conference today. But I do think that that first half was much more indicative of, of hopefully what's to come than, than what the second half was. And, and obviously the defense did its job as well. Mississippi State was without uh, its starting quarterback and starting running back. Uh, but again, the defense did what it was supposed to do, and that's all you can ask for, uh, limiting uh, the Bulldogs to, to to three points through three quarters. And obviously Mississippi State got a touchdown on the board late. I, I, I just really think that the way Auburn spread the ball around on offense uh, tells you a lot about how comfortable Peyton Thorne was in the game plan. And the word of the week, it felt like, uh, from Coach Freeze and everyone was tempo or, or pace and, and really trying to figure out a way to get the flow on offense and, and I thought the up-tempo uh, offense was the way. Well, it seemed like uh, that Auburn offensively put in a lot of quick, easy plays. And what I mean by that is, you know, quick routes and simple routes and one read for Peyton Thorne. If it's there, throw it. If not, do something else, right? Take off and run, dump it off, throw it away, whatever. And they did that starting in the end of the Ole Miss game. And it seemed like they carried that over into this week against Mississippi State. And, of course, they jumped all over the Bulldogs and put up 24 points in the first half. And it seemed like a lot of that carried over from the end of that Ole Miss game last week. Yeah, it really did. And, and you know, when, when you have Jarquez Hunter run for 144 yards, you have Peyton Thorne. Uh, he ran the ball well, ran for 38 yards, but he also throws for 230 yards, only has six incompletions, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But I, I think the most important thing I, I mentioned is spreading the ball around. Uh, you had 11 guys catch a pass for mm-hmm. Auburn. That, that is what, uh, what Coach Freeze wants to do. He wants to make sure all the playmakers touch the ball. And, and, and in this offense where some of these guys 
have had their struggles throughout the year, it was good to give them some confidence, give them a rep here and there, and and let them showcase themselves. So, I, yeah, I, I'm really excited about what I saw on Saturday and hope that the momentum can carry over. Again, the, the second half is, is when you look at and you scratch your head a little bit in the moment, but I do think Coach Freeze made a good point today in his press conference about not trying to be overly aggressive when you just had a very positive first half, and you're, you're, whether you're backed up in your own red zone or, or, or in your own end zone, uh, the way Mississippi State continued to pin Auburn. Uh, I, I really do give credit to the Mississippi State rush defense. I think if Auburn had been able to run the ball a little bit better um, in its own end zone, then, it, then the offense would have opened up in the second half, and we might have seen an Auburn blowout. Uh, and it kind of did feel like a blowout, but obviously the score being two scores, it, it doesn't look that way. So I, I just think Mississippi State really adjusted to the run game well in the middle of the second half, and then obviously Jarquez broke off a couple runs at the end. So I, I, I really don't want to take too much away from the second half, and I want to focus more on the positives of that first half. Well, it just seemed like overall – and this is a lot easier to do when you're winning the game and end up actually winning the game at the end. But it seemed like this team was having some fun, right? I mean, they were they were enjoying yeah. themselves, and the, the sideline was was hyped up, and the guys were having fun on the field. You could see it with Peyton Thorne and the receivers, and and it sounds like too that was the message from head coach Hugh Freeze going into this game. Yeah, it really was, and and I think that's easy to do when when the offense is flowing much better. The defense isn't constantly out on the field. It, it isn't gas at the end of the game. It, it's really just out there, free flowing. Your offense gives you what the defense needs, and and I think that's uh, that's something that this team needed uh, for a while was getting an early lead, and and Auburn goes up twenty four to three and really does uh, and, and continues to put put his foot down on defense and, and not allow Mississippi State to get in the flow until the very end. I mean, when it's 24, 27 to 6, then you, you feel comfortable with where you're at. And, and I think that this offense uh, will continue to find a groove, and I think the defense uh, just needs to continue to do what it's done really all year. I think other than that, I, I would say the LSU game is the outlier for the defense uh, where that explosive Tiger offense just kind of, kind of had its way uh, for a lot of that game. But really, in every other game, I feel like the defense has uh, performed well and, and done what it needed to do. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines as he does every Monday at 3.30 here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Looking ahead, uh, we know that this stretch of games is, is a lot easier than what Auburn's already gone through. How can Auburn build on their success offensively and the continued success we've seen defensively with Vanderbilt this week, Arkansas, and the New Mexico State before the Iron Bowl? Right. I, I think defensively, I'll start there, is, is really just getting as healthy as you can. And we saw a little bit of that this past weekend, seeing Keontae Scott and Austin Keys back out there at what I feel like was closer to 100% uh, than, than, than we've seen since those injuries. And, and with Keys out there, I think the linebacker rotation ha- has really uh, been more solidified and helped those guys perform better because, again, I, I go back to the fatigue factor. and I, I think that is less of a factor now that all those guys are healthy, and Keontae Scott just flies the ball. I mean, he, he is and he's an incredible athlete, and, and he does a great job uh, in that nickel position and star position. So uh, it, it's it's really nice to see that defense get healthy and, and continue to uh, do its thing. And on offense, I think that uh, you, you have another week because, again, you know, quite frankly, this Vanderbilt team is, is not 
um, that good Coach Freeze said uh, it does make him nervous. And when you look at the history between Auburn and Vanderbilt, it is a tight series. Auburn uh, has lost the last two times there, so on, so on. But th- th- this is a moment where you want to build off that win over Mississippi State. You want to go on the road and do it. And obviously this road environment is going to look and feel a lot different than the road environment you'll get at Arkansas uh, a week later. And then it's really just something to build off of this past weekend, and you want to try to do it away from Jordan-Hare Stadium so that hopefully you can go to Arkansas, get a win, and then come back home to New Mexico State, and then hopefully you're riding a four-game winning streak into the Iron Bowl and – you never know what can happen if, if you have all the momentum in the world going into jerk hair. Well, outside of football this weekend, Hillman, lots of big storylines and results for Auburn Athletics uh, with fall uh, sports really getting into the nitty-gritty of it. Give us some updates from uh, from volleyball and soccer and everything else going on in Auburn Athletics. Yeah, it's tough to choose where to start there. I'm telling you. It, it, was, it was such an exciting weekend and uh, and big wins all over. But I'll start with Auburn soccer because it got its postseason started in Pensacola at the SEC tournament, uh, facing Tennessee in round one uh, as the as the eighth seed against the ninth seed. And Tennessee scored first in the in, in the seventeenth minute. But uh, towards the end of the first half, Becky Contreras and Haley Duke. Let me tell you that that goal to get what ended up being the game winning goal was one of the best goals Auburn has scored this season and it, it was an absolute perfectly placed ball by uh, Duca to win that one. So uh, Tigers will get to face uh, Arkansas now tomorrow at 5 o'clock Central in Pensacola. Auburn already beat Arkansas once this year, uh, and that snapped a long losing streak to the Razorbacks. So uh, hoping to start a winning streak uh, tomorrow uh, in Pensacola against the Razorbacks and uh, advance in the SEC tournament some more. And volleyball had a big rivalry weekend on the road at Georgia and at Alabama. Got a five-set win over Georgia after falling in the first two sets. So it, it was it was a tough start uh, for Auburn. But, I mean, this team has been through a lot with injuries and, and other factors so far this year. But just just continuing to battle and even through those injuries, uh, just staying the course and getting that win. And, and, and they're still ranked in the top 25. And, and that, that's such a big deal for this program to – to really solidify itself there. And Madison um, Shear named SEC Offensive Player of the Week just a little bit ago. Yeah, that, that was her second time this year. It, it feels like every single match almost, she, she ties her career high and kills with 24. She did that uh, several times, and it's just, it's just really exciting to see uh, some of these players find their roles because when Coach Kraft got here, it, it was tough. Uh, with some of the lack of depth, and now finally there's depth with this team. Again, I mentioned the injuries. This depth has made those injuries uh, not as impactful. So uh, it's exciting to see that team uh, do that. Also got its sixth straight win over Alabama How about on that? Sunday, three sets to one. So uh, you, you really, really uh, can't beat that weekend for Auburn Volleyball with a win over Georgia and Alabama. Next up for them uh, is a road match at Texas A&M on Sunday at 3 Central, and then they're back home on November 8th against Kentucky at 6.30 Central. And finally, uh, Auburn Equestrian continues to rack up the top 10 wins, uh, beating South Carolina 14-4 to on Friday at the Auburn University Equestrian Center. So, uh, yeah, all around a pretty great weekend for Auburn Athletics. And you mentioned Auburn Women's Basketball uh, has its uh, first of two exhibitions tonight, I think at 7 Central. Uh, you can listen to that on AU100. So, 
Uh, Britt Bowen, Dr. Larry DeShera will have the coverage there. Uh, Wednesday, Auburn men's basketball exhibition against Auburn University Montgomery. Uh, Andy Bergstrom, Sonny Smith, Brad Law have the call on the Auburn Tigers app. So it, it, it is a loaded time of the year. We're hitting that crossover season portion of the calendar, and it, it, it's so exciting. Look at you, man. Do you have like a whole Google Doc of all that typed out or something? That was impressive. So the scores and stuff, I do have to look at it on my computer, <laughs> but everything else, that, that's right to mind, all right? Love right it. off the top of my mind. I would expect nothing less from uh, from somebody that represents the Auburn Sports Network so well. Yes, you mentioned uh, the women's team, their first exhibition tonight. Then the men have their exhibition on Wednesday, the second exhibition for the women on Thursday, and then the women get officially started on right. Monday, and the men get started on Tuesday. Man, basketball season, it's here, brother. It's here, and I don't want to wish away any of these other fall sports, no. but you know you and I, man, we're, we're kind of basketball people around here. No, no, you're right. We we are junkies with with the basketball programs, and we love watching them. I mean, obviously, men's basketball. We we we've seen a lot about them, and, and all the new all the new transfers coming in as well as the returnees making some leaps as well. But I think that women's basketball program, it right, they're they're kind of motto is the rise, and and that's what this year's all about is trying to make that jump from the NIT to the NCAA tournament. It's going to be really exciting to watch. Uh, through these next several months through February and March uh, both of those programs. Yeah, well, one thing I'll say about the women's team before we let you go is, I mean, they've they've started really competing in some of those big, big games. I know they have a couple of wins against some massive programs as well. And so if they can just build off of that, like you said, take that next step from the NIT to the NCAA tournament. We know how competitive the top half is of women's basketball in college. But, yeah, it's all about building for Auburn women's basketball. And then on the men's side, so many new faces. Bruce Pearl met with the media today. And you can tell he's excited and and, and just really, really pumped to get this season started for the men's team as well. Well, and, and, the, and the last thing I'll say about both of them is these non-conference schedules for both teams are, are, are filled yes. with, with strong opponents. They are going to test themselves early and often, and, and it, it's part of it will be to figure out what works, what doesn't work. I mean, I mean Auburn men's basketball, it, it's right off the bat. You're going to South Dakota to face a top-20 Baylor team. Um, but then women's basketball, it's third game of the season. It's going to go visit Rutgers. So regardless of which team it is, they're testing themselves early and often, and it's really exciting to see uh, both of those teams get matchups like that in November and December where, you know, obviously some some folks might wait till January and February to watch basketball, but now you have a reason to watch in November and December. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He joins me every Monday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7 at 3.30, getting us caught up on everything going on in Auburn athletics. As always, Hillman, appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your friendship, man, and everything that you do for the Auburn Sports Network. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and keep up with the Auburn Sports Network as crossover season. You mentioned it. It's upon us. (laughs) Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. Follow the Auburn Sports Network at AU Sports Network. Obviously, lots of content being pumped out over there with, like you said, crossover season going on. And last thing we'll mention, Tiger Talk on Thursday. Uh, that'll be on Wings 94.3. You freeze Bruce Pearl, Johnny Harris, Peyton Thorne, Elijah McAllister. Oh, Hard right. to beat that guest lineup. So uh, tune in then at 6 Central on Thursday. Awesome, man. You guys are doing great. Keep it up, and we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next Monday.
I'll talk to you then, Jacob. War Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He joins me every Monday at 3.30 here on the program, updating us on everything going on around Auburn Athletics. A, a near-perfect weekend for Auburn Athletics. I mean, wins all over the place. You can't ask for anything better than that. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Big thanks to uh, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who uh, gives us his time each and every Monday at 3.30. We appreciate him doing that and talking a lot of Auburn athletics with uh, equestrian and volleyball and soccer and football and basketball getting underway crazy times in Auburn athletics uh, but this is when it is the most fun so we do appreciate him hopping on and talking about all of that each and every Monday but a great show today uh, if you missed any of it be sure to go and catch it with the podcast you can find it one of two ways at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Lots of phone calls, lots of reactions from you, the listeners, during the show today um, when Auburn, or after Auburn defeated Mississippi State 27-13. to Throughout the week, we'll continue to break it down. We will have Hugh Freeze audio for you tomorrow. We'll have the full press conference. I played a clip from it earlier today uh, when he talked about the, the offense not performing like it did in the first half in the second half on Saturday because I asked him that question and uh, he gave a, a very passionate response and a response that I think was good. I think it was a really, really good response and it made sense, but I felt it was something that needed to be asked and, and, and I think he gave a great answer. So we had that in the show today. Lots of great calls. Good breakdown. I, t- I gave you my thoughts on this game initially. We'll continue to break it down as the week goes on and as we approach Auburn and Vanderbilt on Saturday. And then we've got Auburn basketball to talk about. First exhibition coming up on Wednesday. Uh, really excited to talk about that. It is an exhibition, so you do kind of have to take it uh, with, with a grain of but I do think uh, it's going to be a really fun basketball season as well. I've talked about that. The talent on this team uh, is ridiculous. And if they can just put it all together, they've got a chance to do some really, really special things Does Auburn basketball. So we get to talk about that this week. And as I mentioned, continuing to break down this Auburn football team as they defeated Mississippi State, looking ahead to Vanderbilt, a game that Hugh Freeze said today really, really worries him, makes him nervous, stresses him out, um, said that you know he's taken some really good old Miss teams up to Nashville and has struggled because it's just, a, it's just an awkward place to play. And especially right now where they hold – like 28,000 people with all the construction and stuff going on. So Auburn's going to have their work cut out for them. We'll talk about it as we go on this week. Um, tomorrow we'll have Daryl Dapridge on the show as well. Double D joins me in the second hour each and every Tuesday. So excited for that as well. But just to wrap up my initial thoughts here on a Monday about Auburn and Mississippi State. The offense, it, it just looked better. Right, I mean, Peyton Thorne looked comfortable. Jarquez Hunter had his best game of the year. The offensive line played extremely well, given all the circumstances. You've got one guy who gets 
SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week, another one that gets SEC Freshman of the Week. I don't know what else you want from them. Receivers had their best game of the season with 11 different people catching the football. Guys that stand out to me, Javarius Johnson, Shane Hooks, Jay Fair, Caleb Burton as well. Right, Caleb Burton caught one ball, but you're starting to see him a lot more in the offense. And Hugh Freeze talked about him today and how he has earned it. And I think a lot of guys have earned their time on this Auburn football team. And that's something that Hugh Freeze has wanted on this, in this program, is to earn your spot, earn your time, and earn the spotlight. And it finally came together for Auburn in a win over Mississippi State. How can they build off of that? We'll talk about that tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of On the Line right here on ESPN 106.7. Two to four tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Looking forward to it. We'll talk more Auburn football. Daryl Dapperich will join us as well. Hugh Freeze audio and a whole lot more. That'll be two to four right here on ESPN 106.7. Until tomorrow, I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.